0: I would like to share with you a short meditation which is connected with the third kind of laziness which is the laziness coming from a sense of unworthiness or a sense of I'm not good enough. So in this meditation we will use a mantra and that mantra is I am enough. I am enough. So what is important when, you, when we use a mantra like that, that it does not just remain a thought, but that we bring it down into your body, that you feel into it. I am enough. And that you become aware of whatever arises when you hear that, and when you say it to yourself. So the purpose here is not that you feel I am enough which would be nice but it could also stir up the aspects of you, yourself where you feel I am not enough. So it's not necessary that this is a pleasant meditation. So we don't know. but So that's what I mean. It's not about forcing yourself to feel something you don't feel but to be lovingly curious about what is happening and nothing is excluded. So one response could be what a bullshit. So wow, that's an experience. So how does it feel to think what a bullshit? Where do you feel it in your body? What's happening for you? So it's like this curiosity about humanness and responses and your patterns, how you, how you respond to things being said. And maybe you can connect with a sense of, yeah, I'm enough. Or you could connect with, mm, how would it feel if I would feel I'm enough? How would that be? This is a, a beautiful practice, so I, if this speaks to you, I am enough. Uh, I recommend that to bring into your daily life. I also recommend uh, uh, those of you who have lipsticks to write it on your mirror. <laughs> I am enough. So get, your, get, the, get the lipstick of your girlfriend. I am enough on the mirror. So that when you look at the mirror, every day, you are reminded, I am enough. So let's take some time to settle again. So you adjust your posture and... You might want to close your eyes and you take some moments to notice what you bring with you into this moment from the break also. So what's your energy, how is it for you to be here right now? And sliding into the body, possibly supported by the in breath. And letting this moment settle by allowing it to be what it is, by giving space. Letting things come, doing the thing, and letting them go. you get entangled into the stream of thinking without hurry and friendly you drop back into the breath, belly, hands and your mind, heart, body stays open like the sky. Turning, resting. then when I say the mantra, you listen to it, maybe you repeat it to yourself quietly, silently in your heart. Stay connected with the breath and make the thought combined with the breath and the felt sense in your body, the primary meditation object. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough as I am. Enough. Try to soften into that, try to relax into that. I am enough. Always enough. When I'm fa- when I fail, I'm enough. When I make mistakes, I'm enough. When I'm weak, I'm enough. So with the in-breath, embracing, I'm enough. Embracing, I am enough. If your mind wanders, you come back to the felt sense in your body of I am enough. Say these words with your heart, with your belly. I am enough. I am enough. And then with the in-breath, I am enough. With the out-breath, you are enough. Allow some people to arise, some people here in the room. With the in-breath, I am enough. With the out-breath, from your belly, from your heart, you are enough. I am enough with the out breath radiate you are enough people appear in your mind and with the in-breath I am enough embracing yourself with the in-breath and with the out-breath from your heart from your belly from your hands from your eyes from your mouth you are enough enough softening, embracing, you are enough sharing. go off these words and resting with whatever is present for you I think it's possible to experience in this way how the judgments you have towards yourself they are connected with the judgments you have towards others. And sometimes we are not aware that we judge our own laziness so we see it in others. we judge our own violence, so we see it in others. So it's very precious to understand that when you judge another person, you're judging your own projection. You're judging yourself. You you never see another person. You you only see your projection. And and. And, and then there's this cognitive fusion between what you think the person is and your projection. So your projection becomes the other person. So It's, it's quite correct to say that you're meeting only yourself. Uh, that's not saying that there's not other people, but the perception of other people that's happening within you and it's based on your experiences your your hurts your your shadow so to become aware of what you judge in other people is a wonderful way of the self discovery and uh, you will notice more you are comfortable with yourself more you will be comfortable with other people so the the third kind of laziness which is undermine, undermining joyous effort a big deal for us, because we are growing up in the culture of guilt, of shame, of not good, being good enough, a culture where our, our value depends on our productivity, a culture where uh, it's about the facade and how we present ourselves and uh, and a culture of original sin, <coughs> a culture of uh, a culture of uh, yeah, not being good enough. So this is a, one of the really, maybe the biggest Impediment, impediment on uh, cultivating bodhicitta that sense of unworthiness, that sense of that something is wrong with me, something is wrong with me, I'm not lovable as I am. And this is very different to a culture which grows up with Buddha nature with an experience and a sense and a feedback of the basic sanity, the basic goodness, which is indestructible in our heart. And it's, it's probably a lifelong journey to, uh, for us to heal that and to trust the goodness in us, to trust the, what is called the Buddha nature. And when you start to see it in yourself, you start to see it in others. So you start to deconstruct your own projections upon others. That does not mean that you deny when harmful things are being done, but you, you stop to do this cognitive fusion between something harmful being done and this is what the person is. Like when you become aware of, you, of the Buddha inside of you, you start to become aware of the Buddha inside of everyone. And this is not like a glossing over or trying to uh, deny that uh, evil things are done because they are done. But a person is always more than his or her actions. So this is a huge topic uh, and I know that I have been talking about it a lot and I will continue to talk about it. Self-acceptance, self-compassion, becoming comfortable within your own skin, accepting yourself as you are. Yes? Um, <clears throat>
1: I'm thinking of, uh, the the first line to here we perseverance means mm-hmm. to is delight in virtue and you were talking about uh, uh, how when you express uh, what you think is right this uh, uh, you can get uh, uh, a lot of reactions mm-hmm. on what you're saying but I'm also thinking like uh, the it depends on, like, if, if Dalai Lama is saying something really harsh or really true that is infected, accepting, uh, maybe he doesn't get this reaction uh, uh, that easy. But if you are, if, like, uh, I'm thinking of myself, I, I mean, if you are not connected to your uh, your inner inner joy, inner, uh, in what you are saying. Uh, so, m- that might be a reaction to how you say it, uh, how, wh- from what purpose you are saying it, like, uh, mm. if you are not blind uh, uh, in, I'm enough, when you are mm. saying things, so that might be true, but. Uh, because there are a lot of disturbances in what you are saying. I don't I'm not very clear, I I can't
0: hear
1: it. Yeah. What uh, I I have seen in myself is that Mm. the more that I get contempt for myself, feeling uh, that I'm saying something from some Mm. kind of of, uh, wisdom, maybe, connected to wisdom, Mm. The more uh, I don't get these reactions, so I may say something mm, that, yes. that I have said before, but then yeah, yeah. I was not connected to wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe saying without reactivity, also. Mm? But maybe you're say, saying this without reactivity. 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 Mm-hmm. And that helps people to listen to what you're actually saying yes. instead of just saying. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, maybe being connected to a good intention, too. Mm. Mm.
0: So... What else to say about self-compassion? Look at it. Make it a part of your training. Kristin so Neff, self-compassion training. Tara Brach, self-acceptance training. Using your trust and your experience of Buddha-nature. Becoming curious about pure awareness, pure consciousness, unconditioned awareness becoming more familiar with that which is bigger than you, bigger than the small I. So, exploring the Mahamudra teachings, Dzogchen teachings, so that the, the, the teachings on basic sanity, basic goodness become more than Just something you believe in, or something you like to think, but something you really experience. Obviously this does not condone harmful behavior or reactive behavior it is actually more easy to allow constructive, wholesome behavior arise from a place of acceptance. It's very difficult to change habits with judgments and punishment. So acceptance, self-acceptance is not like a resignation. (coughs) Kind of, I'm an asshole, okay, I stay an asshole. But it's actually a place of uh, growth and um, so judgment and trying to fix and control is, uh, will just uh, increase the inner war, the inner tension. Punishment is not a good way to train someone or yourself. What is important here is also to have a confidence and a trust that you can wake up and that this life is your opportunity to do that. Go for it, 100%. It's not uh, just for the Tibetans, for the male Tibetans. We have uh, we have all the teachings available. So go towards teachings and teachers who empower you, who, who speak to that in you, and who believe in you. sometimes difficult to you know, create this idealization of teachers and lamas. And so there's sometimes a big gap. But they are like us. They are people, human beings, just like us. Nothing special. And they also struggle. And they wake up and grow up. So we can do the same. And we don't need to wait for being in a better life, or having more money, or more time, or uh, because everything is workable. Whatever, is, whoever you are, in whichever body you are, in whatever relationship you are, whatever work you are—that's your body tree. The Buddha woke up under the Bodhi tree, myth says. So that's our Bodhi tree, here here in Göteborg. And we are so close. Because that what prevents us from Buddhahood is made up. It's a construction. It's a projection. It's not real. Even the time span between now and Buddhahood is made up. Time does not exist as something independently, concretely real somewhere in the universe. So we are really close. Almost There's, there's almost nothing between us and Buddhahood.
2: You said it ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: but it's still like that. <laughs> and I hope that it became more transparent, that which beh- is between us and out, that it became more transparent.
2: Are there any questions? Yes, I have a question. Yeah. About, uh, why don't we think good, good enough? Mm? Uh, when well, this uh, mantra mm? be enough? Why not good enough? Good.
0: Yeah, you can have all kinds of variation of it.
2: Yes, but uh, is, it, is it some thought about that? It no, it's just my...
0: I just would. made it up. Okay. Oh, but of course you play with it, you find your own words in your own language, whatever works for you. I am good enough, I don't know, for me it's my I'm enough is more, more radical, but you, know, you play. I had this other meditation I did last time I think, I love myself more not less, so that's kind of the same yeah i love myself more not less because i always deserve to be loved more not less and if, and when i screw up i love myself more not less so that's kind of the same like variations of of that theme and you find your own mantra and then and then you translate it into sanskrit
2: and then it becomes a real
0: holy mantra
2: (laughs) when you do this meditation I am enough Mm -hmm. and then at the the last the meditation when you have sat you say in breath you say I am enough and then the other, the, the other says, yes, you are. If you suddenly hear a voice, it says, no, you are not. <laughs> mm. Because of blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then you think, wow, that's, this thing is there again. Mm. I thought so much about that. I thought that was... Mm. Mm. It, it is there all the time. It yeah. is there. Mm. What do you do then?
0: Yeah, that's what I said before. It's uh, uh, that's that's then the that's exactly the insight. Yes. So but that's that the, the insight. You recognize, wow, there is there is that. Mm-hmm. So you feel the pain of it. You feel the pain of judgment. And uh, and then again, the important thing not to bring more judgment into growing uh, self-discovery. So if you can, so there is then also this insight. Wow, this is like this is the habit I have. So then you also can recognize this habit in other people, and you can look at that in the same in the same, with the same kindness, with the same acceptance. Yeah, wow, that's why people judge each other. They are just like me. Why are we doing this? So it's not a question on, oh, there is this, so how can I fix it? But, oh yeah, there is this. How does it feel? Where does it come from? And uh, we are going to continue to judge each other until we wake up completely. So it, it's it, it, it's there. Be aware of it. Go to a coffee shop, sit there, look at the street, and just notice your judging mind. This one is too fat, this one is too black, this one is too this, this one is too beautiful, this one is too extrovert, this one is too introvert, this one is too old, too young. That's what we do. And it's painful. And to acknowledge that it is painful is of course a big step. Yeah, because it's like we, we notice wow we are, we are throwing with hot coals onto others but first we need to touch the coal to throw now that's a quote from the buddha if you throw a judgment at another person you need to take the burning coal into your hands and then you can throw it so you burn yourself yes uh,
1: there an aspect in this uh, judging um,
0: which helps me to orientate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. In my world.
0: Yes, there is a discriminating aspect. Yes.
2: Yes. yes.
0: So that is uh, that is a wisdom aspect, the discrim, this is the discriminating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, that is a good example how we are. We, we don't need to throw out the inner judge, but we can make him part of our team and ask him, What, can, what do you have to contribute to stirring the spaceship home? Right. So uh, acceptance does not undermine our discrimination. It it is supposed to enhance our discrimination. It also does not mean that uh, uh, acceptance does not mean, so you are are enough does not mean that I sometimes need to punch your nose. Yes, you are enough, but don't do this. so in that way there's a, in the same in anger there is this kind of there's this wisdom in it yeah so sort of mm. anything else yeah, yeah. Uh, so this practice is it's
1: good just
2: best meditation practice
0: for those occasions or would it be beneficial to bring with you out into the world or would that... I am enough? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just saying that like that uh,
2: It's a
0: wonderful song to sing the whole day <laughs> <laughs> I am enough, I am enough <laughs> I am enough I love
2: myself <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm just wondering because sometimes it feels like
1: you
2: can keep it safer, but also can you keep, sometimes you feel that like you can water it out during the day. During yeah. Your, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. The question doesn't make sense. For a lot
0: yes, of it day. makes sense. It's like trying to find out how how can how can this be supportive and uh, also um, you know our mind gets bored and used to things, so. That's why it's good to have variations and be experimental, and then leave it for some time and pick it up. Uh, it, it's it, for most people it does not work to stick with one practice, uh, but we have to we have to be creative and playful with it, and finding new words, translate it in different languages, and and uh, you know make a tune to it, and uh, and then. Uh, and then leave it again. Yeah. But um, I found both, uh, both, uh, both practices or both mantras I am enough and I love myself really useful uh, in, in all kinds of situations. But you need to play with it change it, and... Mm.
2: I, uh, I found it hard at first to really relate to that sentence, I'm enough. Mm. But as soon as uh, you brought in the element of you are enough mm-hmm. on the out mm. suddenly I uh, got spe- space for the for uh, the in-breath. Mm, yeah. By not focusing on it, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yes,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it is uh, it is one way for many of us to connect with warmth first in relation to another person. To kind of, as you say, like to take the focus away from yourself, yeah. and 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 then and then bring the warmth to yourself. So a good way to to, uh, to, uh, to connect with what is meant by I am enough and to feel something, to, to really say you are enough, and you are enough, and you are enough. And then suddenly you realize, yeah, but I'm also a person. <laughs> so I can feel that you are enough, and you are enough, and you are, you, you are unique. Yeah, so, but I'm also, I'm like you. So I'm also enough. Yeah, so it goes, it goes uh, both ways. Sometimes it's good to start a loving-kindness meditation towards yourself with another person, like with your cat, and then bring it to yourself. And then you might notice that it is even more difficult to bring it to yourself than to give it to another person. So yeah, maybe a good way to uh, start is for a few weeks to just say you are enough, 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 and then look into mir- into the mirror. <laughs> you are enough. <laughs> so that's also a variation of this. Uh, uh, I love myself. Or. You are enough to kind of go meta and look at yourself, and talk to yourself in your own voice, and say, "Oh, you are a beautiful boy. You are a beautiful girl." And and you look you look at yourself instead of saying, "I am enough." You, you go meta and you see yourself, and you say, "You are enough." So you look at yourself as if you would look at your child. So this uh, connecting with the in and out breath is uh, it's uh, it's a practice which is also I mentioned later in this chapter. is connected with the practice of tonglen. Yeah? So uh, to uh, connect with yourself with the in breath and then the sharing with the out breath. That's the, the connect. That's the practice of tonglen. One could also experiment a bit with, uh, you know, a certain rhythm connected with the in- and out-breath. So. The breath is useful to bring into this because it's about the felt sense in your body. We are not talking about positive thinking here. You can do positive thinking for the rest of your life. It's not going to change anything. You're enough, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. Mm -hmm. It's not going to change anything. You need to bring it down into your heart, into your body. Soak it in.
2: Feel it. But that's very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult to see the difference between positive thinking and to bring a thought down into your body, into your heart. So mm. I, I understand the the difference mm. you make, of course. Yeah. But it's like a kind of thing very difficult to see in reality what it will. Be.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think with with some training, you you will uh, you will start to become more familiar with uh, the difference of being in your, in your head and uh, talking or connecting with something with your body and, and feeling it. And of course, there's a gray zone. And so, uh, but um, you can actually hear it in your own voice if you become mindful. Like, you know, I, I, I become more and more aware when I do parrot talk, like I say something because I have read it somewhere, and you know, I would just say the words. And when I talk from my own experience, my voice changes, and and I can I can hear it. And and if you if you are sensitive to that, you notice that also in a teacher. If the teacher is just memo has memorized some nice words, even if they are really nice, uh, or a teacher kind of stumbles around and it's not a good talk at the speaker, but um, it's talking from experience, from, from, her, from her heart. So it's, uh, you can be curious about that. It feels completely different to speak from your heart and to speak from your head.
2: Of course, of course. But I mean, in the beginning, you speak from your head and you
0: want to go down to your heart. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe it's a good start. Positive thinking is maybe a good start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You wanted to say something?
1: Yeah. Um, because I can join in very, uh, very easily what, what you said. And it made me think uh, that uh, I, I somehow have the same sentence in my head. I'm not good in bringing things down into my body. And, and then when I heard you talking, I, I thought, well, but I can feel very well in my body uh, thinking
2: I'm not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it must be possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe it's uh, also about familiarity. Mm-hmm. So because we are more familiar with I'm not good enough, so we feel it more easy than I'm enough. So Yeah. I mean, sometimes uh, just doing something and just repeating it and and letting, giving it the time to soak in, even if initially we don't feel it. I guess
1: it's also, I mean, uh, when you sit in meditation, to connect to this Mm -hmm. is one thing. Yeah. and one, when I'm in the middle of the catastrophe. Yes,
0: yes.
2: Is <laughs> well, ah.
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. The, this, this is, you know, the Tibetan word for meditation is gom, and that means to familiarize yourself with wholesome, uh, wholesome feelings, with wholesome states of mind. Mm. So that's what we do. And then hopefully we will we'll notice that it's, it becomes easier also in the midst of the catastrophe. But initially, of course, it is uh, that we will see the difference.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay, so we have lunch break soon. But let's go to the next, uh, to the third. I saw no Now I will go to the fifth. This was the third of the, and then now comes verses around death, and uh, so I choose the number five. Don't you see how one by one death comes to claim your follow man, and yet you slumber on so soundly like a buffalo beside its butcher. <laughs> Isn't he great? (laughs) (laughs) And yet you slumber on so soundly like a buffalo beside its butcher. (laughs) 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 Uh, So this is uh, one of the uh, major sources for joyous effort uh, in, in, in the seventh chapter is to contemplate death to make death, to bring urgency uh, into into what is important to you, by contemplating death. Maybe, Maybe you don't have the time to sing your song tomorrow. Maybe you don't have the time to forgive tomorrow. Maybe you don't have time to say I love you tomorrow. Better do it today. So now, again, we can be a bit too tight here, yeah? So it can be too, uh, so we, we need to find a good balance in it. So when, it is, wh- when is it wholesome for us to bring the urgency of our, <coughs> of our death into? So if it's encouraging, if it makes us go closer to a place where we are afraid, Yes, then, then it's good. If it feels uh, scary, heavy, yeah. So then it might be not so helpful to contemplate like this. But it can be a good wake-up call to to read a first like that. No? Slumbering so soundly like a buffalo behind be, beside its butcher. So this can help us to. Uh, to come to this question, so what is really important in my life? How do I want to spend my time? What is what does really matter? How do how what how do I want to die? What do I want to leave behind? Is there something unsaid unsaid unforgiven? So that's. Uh, That's the you know the nine-point death meditation which we have done a few times. Uh, Death is certain. The time of death is uncertain. The only thing which will help you at the time of death is the extent you have the extent you have expressed your love. That's the only thing which helps you at the time of death. And death is uncertain. It's very difficult. The time of death. It's uncertain, it's very difficult to grasp for us because we have a strong sense that it's not going to happen today. We are almost sure. We are almost sure that it's not going to happen today. And that's a problem because we will think the same when we are 95. And also that death is certain. Uh, it's some, something we forget, it's the one thing which is sure. But, uh, we, we forget. It's... And this is again for us more difficult because we have the sense that we are this body and we take it incredibly important and we take what is happening in our life and this is like a splinter in this long journey, this stream of consciousness which was traveling since beginning this time and we see this little splinter, what we call our life. And it becomes incredibly important for us. It's like the most important thing in the whole universe is what is happening today in my life. It's, it's the, really the, such a narcissistic view. So having, being grown, being raised in a, in a culture where I, they have this long perspective, <coughs> I mean, the Tibetans—they laugh about us. You know, how how serious we are, and, and and how what amazing expectations we have, and, and how quick meditation should liberate us or something. You know, they, yeah, they do their best, but they also know to re- how to rest and and they they these things just more lightly than ourselves. Because, yeah, it comes, it goes, next time. I have been here before. And so it's like there's more, there's more lightness in it, more space. And, and this lightness in space, more space, does not lead to laziness. It leads to even giving more of your best. And never giving up. So remember in death, there's no awakening without taking this really serious and in the same time to to trust and feel and experience that death does not exist nobody ever died really it's just changing clothes But that which is putting on the different clothes is never going to die. It was never born, it's never going to die. So there's again the balance between using this this contemplation of death and the opportunity we have. So it's very connected, it must be connected with the uh, reflection on the precious human life. Yeah. So it's like, you have the, this clothes you wear, this this life, the, they give you a lot of opportunities. And you might need to you might need to wait a long time to have this this body, this uh, this access to teachings. But on the other hand, it's not that serious. It's
1: always like a paradox.
0: Yeah, it's, it's always, uh, you know, finding the middle way, seeing that it's all skillful means it's all, and it's all constructed, it's all made up, it's all empty. There's nothing to fight here. I mean, there's nothing to want to be right about in the Buddhist teachings because the opposite is also true. Is it about the
1: relative and ultimate truth? Same time. Uh, the importance of now and uh, it's infinite. Yes. The future lives.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah. then you can relax. Yes. Yeah. You need to do. yeah So this a is. Yeah, but
0: of course, out. then there would be the extreme of saying, "Yeah, there's future life, so yeah, w- I don't care. So w- w- I can, you know, so it, that's like." Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, what, what do I need to apply? It's like fine-tuning. Mm-hmm. And different people need different things. That makes it so difficult to sit here. Because, you know, as soon as I say something and I see your response and I think, oh, shit, she looks like, what is that? <laughs> <Yeah? laughs> and then I, need to, uh, then I need to say the opposite. <laughs> And then it depends also on the audience. So I need to talk, uh, here in Sweden I need to talk differently than when I'm in Switzerland. Because it's being heard in a different way. And if I don't know the culture at all, then it's like completely blind flight. I mean, like if I would talk to Chinese, I I had no clue. How do they listen to this? How do they hear these words? What does it do? What does it do with them? And many Tibetans are still like this. It's a blind fly for them. They have no clue. They, they, they give the teachings in the way they have received them and that's what they pass on. And it's completely misinterpreted by us.